Hello and welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, the podcast where a few booktopians get together each week to talk book news, share what we've been reading, and then face off in a deathly round of book trivia. Um, I'm Olivia Frico, Senior Content Producer and Editor of the Booktopian blog, and I'm delighted to be your host once again this week. Joining me today is Sarah McDooling, our Kids in YA Category Manager. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Uh, we have Eden Samuel, our Assistant Kids in YA Category Manager. Hi, Eden. Hello. And, of course, we have Lara Somerville, Personal Assistant to the CEO. Hi, Lara. Hi, guys. So it's week whatever of lockdown. I'm in my feelings about it. How are you guys? Um, yeah, I would say in my feelings <laughs> about it is accurate. <laughs> I've reached the point of looking into new uh, furniture renovations. So Ooh. all my, yeah, um, for my sanity and my wallet, I really would love it to end sooner rather than later. Oh, after this podcast, I want to hear all about the stuff you've bought. I've also been making furniture purchases because I just got so sick of my tiny, crappy IKEA desk. And I'm like, I'm an adult. I need a proper timber desk. What is this? And then your repainting of your drawers the other week inspired me, actually, Olivia. Me too. So, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the wisest decision financially because it was a crappy little Ikea shelf that was $15 and the paint alone with like the wax that you have to put on top was like 80. So maybe if you could find so a more good. financially viable alternative, I would be <laughs> impressed that I've inspired you, but it was no, just one of the, the unwise financial decisions I've made. I'm buying crappy bedside tables off Gumtree and then I'm going to paint and redo them so I think it's going to be absolutely a poor financial investment but I'll have unique furniture right <laughs> that's what you want you want unique you want lovey you want things to make you feel good uh, <laughs> I'm just going to continue buying books and plants um Eden is okay <laughs> Eden is good <laughs> I just I feel like I'm floating through a weird like time continuum I don't know man I just get a bit of sunlight through the window and that's enough for me <laughs> Eden are you a houseplant I am a houseplant <laughs> but my leaves are dying slowly no <laughs> Oh man, it's going to be one of those podcasts that we reminisce on that we recorded it in the height of our lockdown craziness, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. It really is. I feel like we need to apologise in advance to our listeners. Anyway, we should probably move on to, you know, some actual bookish content. Um, so book news this week. Um, it's been a little quiet. There's been a hell of a lot of shortlists announced um, and also a new book announced for Reese Witherspoon's book club. Reese is a total literary queen. Um, her book club has been one of the more successful celebrity ones. Like, it's really taken off. It has its own app. Um, and she's just announced the next book club pick as We Were Never Here by Andrea Bartz. Uh, a new thriller described as Her Last Holiday meets Thelma and Louise. And didn't she this week become the most highly paid woman actor? That would not be yes, yeah, she's the richest, not highly, not most highly paid. She sold Hello Sunshine. 
and now she's the richest. Whoa. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Love and Race. Is, so thanks, Race. Thanks for being yeah. the most powerful bookseller in the world and <laughs> the richest actor in the world. I don't know if that's true. The <laughs> Google it right there. It is you know, now. I would believe it. I would believe it. Uh, but this book sounds really cool. Oh, not cool is the wrong word. It sounds intriguing. Uh, the premise is that two friends named Emily and Kristen go on holidays together in Chile. It's beautiful. It's heaven on earth. Uh, until on the last night of the trip, Emily enters their hotel suite to find it covered in blood and her friend Kristen standing over a body claiming that a backpacker attacked her. Um, so with no evidence uh, to the contrary, Emily has to help her hide the body. Um, but then she starts to have questions about whether or not Kristen is actually telling the truth. Um, I really want to read this. Uh, you can ah. read chapter one on the blog. Um, it's out on the 12th of August. Um, does this sound like anyone else's cup of tea? Yes. Yes. <laughs> As does the last Reese pick, <clears throat> the paper, paper, paper palace? Did I get that right? Yeah, paper palace. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been recommending that to me. And before I could even get to it, she's announced this new book. <clears throat> Sorry, I appear to be losing my voice. Uh, which sounds exactly like my cup of tea. Yeah. I also like that she picks books that aren't super, like, well-known and popular. Like, she gave, like, Taylor Jenkins Reid a bit of a boost with Daisy Jones, but then, like, she doesn't automatically go back and pick the next Taylor Jenkins Reid book. She picks books that, like, like, would do well enough on their own, but then they just get that extra kick. That um, way it's more of a flex. Because like yeah. the book might not have done crazy good, but just because she's picked it now, it definitely will. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's interesting the book choices that she makes. But yeah, so that is the one for August. Um, as we said, it's out on the twelfth of August. It's out on the twelfth of August. So, in Australia. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, um, which it definitely does for at least two or three of us, um, <laughs> get on the bandwagon. Uh, and also in book news this week, we have a bunch of literary short award shortlists, as I said. Um, it's shortlists galore in the Aussie book world. Uh, so we've had the Queensland Literary Awards, the Colin Roderick Award, and the National Biography Award all revealing their shortlists. Um, it's an insane week, what can I say? Uh, the Queensland Literary Awards have at least 50 books on their shortlist, so I'm not going to go through all of them, but it's books like The Labyrinth by Amanda Lowry, which was this year's Miles Franklin winner, uh, Migrations by Charlotte McConaughey, which we all adore, um, and Song of the Crocodile by Nadie Simpson, again getting some amazing love. Um, they all made it to the shortlist. Uh, over on the Colin Roderick Award shortlist, we've got Consolation by Gary Disher, Melting Moments by Anna Goldsworthy, The Survivors by Jane Harper, Infinite Splendor by Sophie Laguna, Witness by Louise Milligan, and A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing by Jessie Tu, uh, which is a really cool mix of like nonfiction, um, crime fiction and literary like that's a really interesting list good for Colin Roderick um, sorry I'm gonna stop trying to be funny because it's not gonna work <laughs> never stop never <laughs> and finally the shortlist for the 2021 National Biography Award includes The Lotus Eaters by Emily Clements, One Bright Moon by Andrew Kwong, Max by Alex Miller, Truganini, Journey Through the Apocalypse by Cassandra Pybus Tell Me Why by Archie Roach, and Penny Wong, Passion and Principle by Margaret Simons. 
Uh, congratulations to all of those authors and shortlisted books. It's amazing to have such a rich literary landscape um, in Australia and to see it recognised. So yeah, it's a lot bigger than just the Miles Franklin, which is cool to see. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on from book news. Uh, let's move on to what we've been reading and loving. Uh, Sarah, would you like to kick us off? Yes. Your inevitable with about 10 books. No, so this, this time around I was really prepared to just talk about two books. And then I accidentally read uh, one last night that I really like. So it's going to be three. But that's better than four, which was last time. Yeah. So uh, as succinctly as I can, I'm going to start with... Um, the Monster of Her Age by Danielle Binks. Danielle's been a guest on the podcast and I've spoken at length about this book to so many people. So just know that if what the little bit that I say about it appeals to you, you can hear a whole podcast with Danielle. <laughs> um, and I, I recommend it because she had me completely gobsmacked with her wit and intelligence during that podcast. This book, The Monster of Her Age, is her first YA um, it's wonderful. It's about a young girl who comes from a, so her family was kind of based on the Barrymores. It's like generations of famous actors in the one family. And her grandmother is kind of like really famous for being in a, a lot of horror movies. She's like a horror movie icon. I kind of imagined her to be like Jamie Lee Curtis. So she's like, <laughs> she got her start in slasher films and stuff and went on to become like a, a world famous actress. That's the main character's grandma. And when this book starts, she's been in a, in a kind of fight with her grandma and has spoken to her for a couple of years and is called back to the family home because uh, her grandmother's unwell. Um, and you sort of, the whole book then unfolds and it's a lot about finding out why they've had this big divide between the granddaughter and the grandmother. There's a, a beautiful love story in it. There's amazing amounts of uh, trivia and knowledge and um, theory on horror movies and movies in general. And particularly in uh, a feminist examination of the horror genre, which part of this part of this book is that there's a film club of young girls who are like feminists and love horror. And so there's a lot of interesting conversations about um, the depiction of women in horror movies that really worked for me um, and sent me uh, off in search of a lot of the films mentioned in this book, most of which are real, but some of which are made up for the purposes of the book. Um, it's wonderful. I loved it. It's got all the emotions in it because the family drama is really compelling. Um, the reason for the feud between the, the granddaughter and the grandmother is about a traumatic incident that happened in the main character's past, which is dealt with really sensitively and beautifully. And it's a lot around emotional abuse of child actors and um, mm. gaslighting in the entertainment industry and within this character's family. It's very rich, this book. And um, I absolutely loved it and highly recommend it. Book one. Now, book two <laughs> is one of the oddest, most entertaining books I've read in ages. It's called Several People Are Typing by Calvin Kasolke. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. I should have Googled it before this podcast, but I did not. 
Sorry to interrupt you, says, but when you just said several people are typing, I was like, are we? Are yeah. people typing right <laughs> it's the title of the book. And it and I'm glad that it confused you because the book is very confusing. The premise of this is wild. Like when I heard what the premise was, I was like, I must read it. I'm so glad I did. So the whole book is set in Slack and um, it's a, a like PR company and all the employees of this company use Slack um, to talk. And they're, you know, I don't know how any of us could possibly relate to this, but it's a workplace where there's a lot of uh, different chats with a lot of different running jokes. Um, <laughs> and like people, uh, yeah, it's very, it's highly relatable for anyone who works at Booktopia. Um, and for most people who work, you know, in any kind of office environment where there's some uh, group chats that go on. But this one is like, there's this one character who gets sucked in to Slack, like he's pulled out of his body and he's literally trapped in Slack. And he keeps trying to tell his coworkers that that's what's happened to him and ask for help, but they think that he is joking and they think, <laughs> they think it's a plot so that he can work from home. And so they all just ignore him <laughs> and they think that he's just being funny, right? They're like, oh, this new bit that Gerald's on about being stuck in Slack is so like hilarious. Um, but I'm getting a bit over it. And he's like, no, I'm really, I'm stuck. Like I can't get out. And he eventually convinces one of his coworkers to go into his apartment and check on to see if his body is even still there or if he's just vanished. And it turns out his body is still there, but he's not. His whole like soul or whatever is in Slack. And so this concept is absolutely crazy bananas. Like I can't express to you how funny it is and how wild it is. And the, all of the antics that happened from that point onwards with, um, you know, trying to figure out how, Gerald's trying to figure out how to get out of Slack. The Slack bot is a character in this book. <laughs> so oh like, the Slack bot becomes sentient in this book. And like, it's just, I, it's so funny. I was, I was laughing a lot while reading but it's also a horrifying concept to be like mm. trapped outside of your body and have to trust someone to look after your body when you're not, you know, there. And the, and the idea of looking after someone and you can talk to them online, but you can't, you can't, you can't talk to them in real life because they're just not connected to their body. It is, I, I can't, I, I hope that that's enough to convince you that it's a strange book, but also to convince you that it's, a good book because it's a wild concept and I know a lot of people might balk at it but um I loved it <laughs> and that is several people are typing by Calvin Kasolke or Kasolk I'm not sure uh whew, okay and then the third book is the one that I unexpectedly picked up I was like having a bit of trouble sleeping last night and I was like I should start a new book and I'll just read a few chapters and you know then it will probably be fine and I'll just drift off to sleep. I chose the wrong book for that because <laughs> I ended up reading the entire book and the book is In My Defense, I Have No Defense by Sinead Stubbins. I yeah. loved this book. Did you read it Liz? No it's one of the ones that like the proof copy was sitting on my desk I like because I wrote her a Q&A and I was like flicking through it to like come up with some questions and I was like sounds really funny I actually should read this and then it's one of the books trapped on my desk now that we're working yeah. yeah I already loved 
Sinead Sovereign's writing just from her work online. Like, I remember her game, <laughs> the of, game of Thrones uh, rankings. Yeah, um, I remember recently uh, an article which turned out to be from this book got shared around about the apartment and that was like what makes an adult apartment. That was really funny. So it's not like I wasn't aware of her and it's not like I didn't already like her and think she was funny. But reading this book, I now feel as though she's the best person on planet Earth. Like, <laughs> I feel like maybe she's the best of us. <laughs> it is a wonderful book. It's a little series. Reading this book, to me, honestly, is the closest I've ever felt in a reading experience to being at a comedy show because it really felt like it felt like being in a comedy show. She's just talking. Each chapter is kind of like a bit, you know, like she just she just sets the scene and picks a topic and just talks about it. And, you know, she's very honest and very vulnerable, but extremely funny and and extremely relatable. And like I I was laughing out loud. Like several people are typing made me laugh. Probably out loud several but mostly it kept me in a state of amusement the whole way through like I was probably reading it with a smile on my face but in my defense I have no defense I was laughing like out loud laughing with a bit of tears and had to like actually put the book down to like regain my equilibrium so I could keep reading it was delightful and so if you are aware of Sinead Summons and have enjoyed any of her work before and you think you know what this book is about, I would say she'll surprise you with like how much more is in her book than you might expect. It's like really beautifully written and it's so much about, oh, it's about insecurity and it's about, um, you know, all the ways in which we construct ourselves as we go through stages in life. She talks a lot about adolescence and she goes through her 20s and into her 30s. Just talking about the ways in which we construct our identities and the ways in which the decisions we make to construct those identities are affected by other people and by society. And I don't know, it's, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful book. And you will finish it really feeling as though Sinead Stubbins is your new best friend. And I just truly feel that she's maybe the best person on the planet. And I will end there. Those are my three books. You convinced me to read, um, not that I needed much convincing, but that last one, um, in my defense, I have no defense. So remember, I read, I think, the intro, like, mm. fully, and it's, if I'm thinking of the right book, it's the one where she, like, goes to the cafe and they're, like, she's yes. like, they're staring at her and she's, like, bit on a pen or something she didn't yes, realize. And yes, yes. Like, <laughs> She's like, what? am I beautiful? Why is everyone staring at me? Did I just suddenly become beautiful or have I been beautiful all along? And then it turns out to be that she's bitten on a pen and she has red ink um, dribbling down her face. And so everyone is staring at her out of concern for her health. I, there are so many things, there are so many things like that that made me laugh. Her turn of phrase is more funny than, she has a lot of funny um circumstances that she describes like a lot of funny stories that she tells uh, but they and they would probably be be funny whoever told them but the way in which she tells them and her turn of phrase is so perfectly on point I just I don't know it just she cracks me up her word choices sometimes I just she has a whole section where she talks about what it means to be cool um and how she's gravitated in the past to cool people and how she herself has never had any cool and um 
and she has a list of people that she thinks are like the coolest people and she sort of goes into why and it is spellbinding because it's such a it's such an oddball cast of cool people like you can't one by one you can't deny these people are cool but you're just like these are the people you landed on like the, the list the list contains James Spader um it, it has yeah <laughs> he is cool you can't deny yeah, it cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah and like Joan Didion is there which obviously she's very cool but obviously. she goes into the reason yeah. why Patty Smith is on there and her description of Patty Smith's style is so good that when I was reading it I had to take a photo of it and send it to Shanu and be like look at this you've got to read this book Sarah, if you like this, I think you might like, have you read Samantha Irby? No. Um, her essay collections are like that for me. Like, I will literally be like, have to put the book down because I'm laughing so hard. Yeah, um, I loved it. It was well, so no, thank you. Yeah, like seriously. Okay. I might have to go into that next because I want more. It's such, there's such, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I read books that have humour in them and I watch comedy shows and whatever. I'm surrounded by... <laughs> friends and family and co-workers who are all very funny. I love to laugh, but there's something about unexpectedly getting amused, like, and then being so, being so amused that you have to laugh out loud alone in a room. Like, it's just really, um, it's great medicine. Like it's rejuvenating for your soul. So like this book was, it was honestly, it was like, the best comedy show I've ever been to. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to explain it. But yeah, exactly what I needed to read this week. Um, and highly, highly recommended. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing those. That is an amazing selection of books, um, which is to be expected from you, of course. Oh. <laughs> but you've, you've made me think that what I need the most right now is actually humour. So thank you. Yes, God, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to buck tradition and stop going alphabetically by surname. And Lara, will you please share with us the books you've been reading and loving lately? No, I don't want to follow says. <laughs> um. But you must. I am the host and I say that you must. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit of a non-fiction reader. So at the moment I am bouncing between two books I'm actually reading them side by side. I read one for about an hour at night and then I go, well, that's enough and read the next one for about half an hour <laughs> every night. It's I the weirdest thing. I like a lunchtime book and a bedtime book. Yes. Yeah. They each give you something, but you just need a little bit mm. of each. Um, so yeah. I'm reading an older book called Attached, which is by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller. Um, it's basically about attachment theory, um, which is a school of psychology that every adult is um, bonded to other people through one of three attachment styles. So you can be a secure person in your relationships, an anxious person or an avoidant person. And it basically goes through a whole bunch of scenarios of what people mm -hmm. are like, how you can interact with people. Um, and then it does focus predominantly on romantic relationships. Um, I, sad story, I'm going through a breakup at the moment. So I'm reading this um, and learning a little bit about myself, which is really cool. Um, so that's a really good one. Attached 
by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller. And that then really my, cool. it's so interesting and it makes you look at everything from like childhood relationships. You look at the way you formed your attachment styles with your parents um, and your siblings mm. and then all sorts of friendships and romantic relationships that you've had in your life. And you go, oh my God, I'm like this and that's why I do that thing or they're like that and that's why they do that thing. And like you can see who you will and won't be able to connect with on deeper levels because of those inherent sort of styles within us. It's so interesting. Um, so that's a good one. And then my balance. <laughs> Sorry, Liv. No, you go. That's fine. <laughs> and then to balance that, I go to astrophysics. Um, and I'm reading The Secret Life of Stars by Lisa Harvey Smith. I love it's such an amazing book. It's so cool. It's like the layman's guide to astro like astrophysics and astronomy. I nearly said astrology. Please forgive me, Lisa Harvey Smith. <laughs> um, it breaks down everything. A lot of star stuff, um, planet stuff. It's really, really cool. So it just makes it feel a bit more accessible to know what's going on in the solar system and the great wide universe out there. It's, yeah, really, really interesting. And a little bit funny. She's got good funny anal analogies. So The Secret Life of Stars, that's another good one. She is so amazing. And you may be interested to know, Lara, has a new book coming out called Aliens and Other Worlds, which is about true stories from the solar system that may or may not support the theory of um, life aside oh from- Oh my gosh. Planet. Yeah, it's really, it's very cool. It's, she's written um, another kid's book as well, aside from, so she's got The Secret Life of Stars, um, was her first, was her adult book. And I think she may have had some other adult books before this, but I first came aware of her through her bedtime stories um, for kids, which I'm just blanking on the title of it, which is really upsetting. But if I just talk slowly enough, <laughs> I might be able to quickly Google it. Yeah, it's called Under the Stars. So um, Under the Stars by Lisa Harvey Smith. And oh, that is so cool. See, as an auntie, and I'm sure there are parents that are listeners as well, I'm like, that's an awesome gift. Like the way she describes things and makes science and and ast astronomy so much more accessible and understandable like it's such a fundamental thing that like, it's such a big thing that does impact us but it's hard to get an understanding of so to know that she's got kids books and new books coming out that's really cool like she's definitely someone i would read more of or recommend obviously because i'm recommending her right now but excellent <laughs> So that is my, that's my reads for the week. Beautiful. Two wonderful choices. I love it. They're excellent suggestions. Um, you, the one about attachment theory, I was reading, like, I thought it may have been an, uh, like a weekly edition of Hola Puppy, which is the newsletter by John Paul Brammer. That's really funny and really beautiful. But looking back, I was like quickly scrolling to my emails, like that wasn't the one. I was reading some kind of like advice column thing where someone was talking about um, like attachment styles and they just phrased it really beautifully and I wonder and then I was like is that the same thing and then 
it, it obviously is because they were talking about avoidant styles that's so interesting it's, it is such a an interesting school of psychology it's really fascinating and um it's so interesting to see the way i mean we're not all stuck in one attachment style you can grow and change and um develop into other styles but it's really interesting to see that there's a, a basic reason for why we do a lot of the things that we do in any relationship dynamic so i definitely oh definitely recommend <laughs> I need it for my own personal development. <laughs> yes, that's so me. I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, oh, that explains me. <laughs> oh, well, awesome. we're all sorry you're going through a breakup. You're yeah, an absolute you. And she's single, everyone. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't be a wingman on the Booktopia podcast. That seems inappropriate. Always, um, always be a wingman. <laughs> Eden, how about you share the books you've been loving? Yeah, awkward segue. Eden, oh, please no. tell us the books. <laughs> Why did you put me last? <laughs> how am I going to come back from all that? <laughs> all right. Um, I've been in a very middle grade mood lately, Sarah knows this, because I've asked her for a million recommendations and I'm going to go broke really soon. But um, recently I read. Um, front desk by Kelly Yang and this has been on my shelf for like years now and I don't know what made me pick it up I just did it um it's based on the author's real life experience immigrating to America from China and running a motel with her parents um and you know it's about overcoming language barriers discrimination and her own like lack of confidence and finding her voice using it to make a difference um, and we follow Mia, the main character. She's 10 years old. And like I said, she lives in a motel. And every day while her parents are cleaning the room, she manages the front desk of the Cala Vista Motel and tends to the guests. And what the incredibly mean and insensitive owner of the motel, Mr. Yao, he's like horrible. He's kind of like, um, what's her name? Professor Umbridge. Did I get that Ooh. right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's that That's sort of That's seriously character. evil. Yeah, and what he doesn't know is that basically Mia's parents are hiding immigrants there and letting them stay in empty rooms for free while they get on their feet. Because, you know, they they understand the experiences these people are going through and they are very, very caring, loving people. So they're doing it from a, a really wonderful place, but he's just, he, he would not have it. Like, if he found out, it would be really bad. They would be doomed and kicked out and they would mm. go back to living in their car because that's where they had come from and they just got this opportunity. Um, anyway, add to that the fact that Mia's dealing with school and making friends and fitting in. And, you know, at this point they've been in the country for two years and she's starting to have a passion to write and her mother's particularly not impressed by it because she feels like her daughter can never compete with the native speakers. And once again, she's coming from a good place, but, you know, she's, she's using language to really bring her daughter down she doesn't even know it so this poor girl's going through all this um and it sounds like it's a really heartbreaking story and it is but at the same time it's really heartwarming because it's about you know community coming together and compassion and this young girl making a difference in the lives of like so many adults um she ends up entering in this competition to win another motel and the way she does it is she has to write an essay and 
I'll leave it at that. Like you'll have to read it to find out what goes on. Um, but it's a really wonderful start to a trilogy. And it sounds like it's a one-off, like a standalone, but it's actually three books. And I think two of the books are out. The third one is coming out soon in hardcover first. Um, but the covers are beautiful as well. You should check it out. It was, it was really lovely. I really enjoyed it. And then, uh, and then what? What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I started These Holy Vows because um, Sarah read it and she told me <laughs> that it had a quote of Thorns and Roses vibes. And I was like, okay, I, I trust everything Sarah said. So I went into it and I was excited. And I went, to, I got to the 100 page mark last night. And it actually, it really does remind me of that series. It's and that very just cool. made me so happy. <laughs> like, I've been craving something like that for so long. And, you know, there's so much um, like fae fantasy out there specifically in the YA or you know near into adult mm -hmm. category and I've, I've read quite a bit but I feel like this is going to be a new favorite for me and put put really like simply in just one sentence we have a very like fierce main character her name is Brie um, and she ends up having to venture into the land of fairy to find her sister who has been sold into there in, into slavery I'd say um, and there's like bulls and there's beautiful fame men and people <laughs> everywhere and it's just it's like it's a dream and I love it and I'm going to spend my entire weekend reading it. <laughs> I'm so glad you're reading the Cool Prince vibes. The Holy yeah. Oh yeah also Cool Prince vibes 100%. I don't know yeah. if Sarah agrees but that's what I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> I feel like it's the closer it felt closer to um, like the situation this character finds herself in is very reminiscent of Vera and yeah. Hamlin and like there's a there's a clear like triangle forming which oh my god yeah I <laughs> I can't wait for you to get can. to the end of it Eden because then I want to discuss with yeah. you where you think she's going to what you think she's going to have this character do because I the book ends in a way where I'm just like okay so it could go in exactly the same way that Sarah J must win like Oh or my God. could be doing something very different. I, it's very addictive, that book. I have to say, I, I <laughs> gobbled it right up. Um, also, the main character's name is Brie, and it's short for Abriella, which I thought was such yes. a nice name, right? Isn't it a nice name? Beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Gabriella it's so good. Oh. Mm, Gabriella without the G. <laughs> yeah, let's make it unique. <laughs> Man, I love books that un unabashedly embrace the love triangle. I feel like they got such a bad rap, especially in like YA yeah, fan right. scene. Like, well, and this one isn't doing it. I would have loved two boys to be arguing over me. Like, let me have this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, th but this book isn't really, I feel like the next book will be the hardcore right. she choose book. This book is kind of like You're establishing. So excited to read that. Excellent. I'll stop saying things in case I spoil anything. But yeah, if you <laughs> like Holly Black or. Sarah J Mars, I'd say this is one to try. But I should leave that to Eden to say because this is her book that she's talking yes, about. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, they're excellent books and I don't think you needed to be afraid about following up Lara and Sarah. I'm always a Yeah, great book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just feel like every time someone comes on the show, they're always like, oh no, the books I'm reading aren't that great. Oh, they're, they're not like the big important books. I'm like, who cares? Read what you want. As yeah, long as you love it, right. that's what this podcast is about. All right. Thank you guys for sharing all of your books 
with me and with our listeners. Um, I've definitely got a few more things to put on my TBR. And yes, I know I say that like every other time I host, but it is true. I'm sorry, my TBR pile is out of control and it is all thanks to the people that I work with. <laughs> uh, so as punishment, I'm now going to subject you no. to book <laughs> This time, none of you can escape this. Please indulge me for oh. the next 10 or so minutes as I talk to you. <laughs> so it's time for Book Light, our weekly book trivia quiz. I'll be asking some bookish questions and our unlucky contestants will have to battle it out to get the correct answer in first. Um, can I have your buzzer words, please? Sarah. Mine will be slack because it's a one-syllable word and it's connected to book. Fabulous. Uh, Lara? Mine will be star. Same reason as says. <laughs> I got it. Eden? <laughs> I'll be fairy. <laughs> Is that within? Uh, we've got star and fairy. Or is it the like? Mm, yeah, let's go with like <laughs> the book oh. fae fairy, not like an actual blithering fairy. Although I love how they, they call it fae instead of like fairy. It's like, yeah, you're a fairy. It's a it's a yeah. All right. You guys have beautiful words, and my word is slack. I love it. <laughs> I do love it. I love All right. it. Watch me not have to use it because I'm not going to get a single question here. Oh, you will absolutely get some of your questions. <laughs> question one. Let's see how well you were listening earlier. For one point, what is the name of the new Reese's Book Club pick? Fairy? <laughs> yes, oh, I'm going to get this so wrong, but I'll try. We were hunting. We were. We are hunting. You got hunting. the first word right, but I can't give you a point for that. It's not correct. I can't remember. It was only a few minutes ago, but I've completely forgotten. <laughs> right, is that. Um, do you all give up? No. I remember <laughs> Paper Palace. <laughs> that is unfortunately not the answer, Sarah. The answer I was looking for was We Were Never Here by Andrea Bart. Damn it. Now I remember. Where did I get hunting from? This goes back to that conversation that perhaps no one in this podcast was in the other day, which I'm just now going to relay, which is being in lockdown damages your short-term memory. Do you know this? It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. I don't I even really know what we can that. Mm. So I can't form now. new memories now. The beginning of this podcast is like a distant, distant, <laughs> like it feels like childhood. I'm trying to recall the day I was born. <laughs> Question two. Let's see how well your long-term memory is though. For two points, which two completed Jane Austen novels were published after her death? Black. Yes, Sarah. Uh, so completed. Did yeah. You Damn it, now I'm not sure. So one of them would be Northanger <laughs> Abbey. Correct, that's one point to you. The other one I'm going to have to guess because I don't know for sure. Uh, Mansfield Park? It is not Mansfield Park. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to open it up to everybody at this stage. Do you and know which other Jane Austen <laughs> Which other Jane Austen novel was published after her death? 
Nobody? I'm just no nope. black. I'm just gonna guess again. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Okay, so I know which ones it wasn't, so I'm just trying to like narrow it Process down. Process of elimination. Yeah. Was it um oh, was it Emma? It was not Emma. Damn it. The answer I was looking for was persuasion. Was that published after her death? I yep. never knew that. I'm learning something yeah, amazing in this podcast. I never knew yeah. that. What a shame. And I had to say that out in the world. I know. It's my favourite one. Um, <laughs> I know. It's so good. <laughs> I had to say completed because, you know, there's also things like Sanditon and like. Yeah. When I buzzed, I thought that's what you were saying. And I was about to be like, Lady Susan and Sanditon. And then that's I. Right. Yeah. That's why I had to be like completed. <laughs> she wrote them. And then they were meant to be published, but she died before they were. Anyway, it's a loaded question, that one. Like, I had to think a little bit what about how that? I was going to phrase it. I'm really sad to know that she was um, passed before that book entered the world. Yeah. It is very sad. But at least we still have her books to read today. All right. Question three. Uh, the Chronicles of Kaya and the Fury young adult fantasy novels were written by an Australian author who is currently known for her adult literary fiction. Who is the author? The Chronicles of Kaya. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. She writes... Yeah. She writes kind of climate-based fiction. Environmental oh, fiction. Oh, slack. Yes. Um, Charlotte McConaughey. You are correct. Yay. Uh, I didn't know the name of that series, but I have read those books. I just didn't remember that yeah. that's what they were called. She's written quite a lot of YA. Like, I thought it was just, like, the one trilogy, because I think there's only those that are available on Booktopia website. But I was looking on, like, Fantastic Fiction, and she's written, like, three or four different series. Three or four different series? I only yeah, know that the series. series. And I really liked <laughs> it. And then when like, I realised... You know, yeah. Yeah. She is quite talented. Oh, three questions in. <laughs> the points are not looking good for people, so I'm going to throw <laughs> you a kind of easy one. Question four. True or false? Writing used to be an Olympic sport. <laughs> false. Uh, what? Lara, what, did you say false? Yes. You are incorrect. What? <gasps> Uh-huh. From 1912 to 1952, the Olympics awarded official medals for painting, sculpture, architecture, literature, and music. If uh, they the... kept that in, I would be so much more interested in the Olympics. Oh, so true. It, had, it did have to be related to sport to be eligible. Oh, but yeah, the first four really decades cool. of the Olympics. They, they ruined the, the Olympics by taking that out. <laughs> I am serious. <laughs> They should put it back in. Let's campaign. <laughs> Let's do it. There's that many bloody literary awards. I think that counts as our Olympics. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you, the iconoclast on TikTok, for that information. Very interesting. I'm learning so much. I know. All right, here's a question that I think is a bit fun. For four points, there's a potential four points in the running. So, question five. How many past or present Booktopian staff members are published novelists? Oh, black. Yes, Sarah. Do I name them or do I just guess the number of them? You guess the number. 
Oh. <laughs> um. I mean, I know of three immediately, but I feel like I'm forgetting someone. So I'm just going to say four. You are correct. To my knowledge, there are four. Yes. So we have John Purcell, who wrote The Secret Labs of Emma and The Girl on the Page. Uh, we have Bronwyn Ely, who wrote The Relic Trilogy. Uh, Mark Timoney, The Blood of the Spear. That's just been published. And of course, our... Uh, podcast producer Nick Vasiliev who wrote When Men Cry. Amazing. That was so four good. points. Uh, so Sarah's out in front on six points and Eden and Lara you have zero points. <laughs> this is very confusing for me because it does not happen normally. <laughs> Listen, all knowledge about the way the world works goes out of the window as soon as I start hosting a quiz. I'm terrible at them. Um, but yeah, another interesting thing about like the amount of um, novelists that Booktopia has produced is that only one of them's really been published in traditional publishing. So John Purcell was with Penguin and HarperCollins and everyone else was independent or self-published, which is really cool. That is very cool. cool. Yeah. I love it. And hopefully there'll be many more in the, in the history of Booktopia. And also if I've forgotten anyone, I'm very sorry, but I also don't know what book you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Question six. Um, what is the name of the upcoming Crescent City novel by Sarah J. Maas? Very. Oh, yes, man. <laughs> as soon as I say it, I, it blanks. House of... Oh, something with breath in it, because I remember being so angry. House of Air? No, House of Air is not breath. <laughs> Wait, it is. Air. Breath is there. I'm sure of it. Oh, no. House of Air and Breath. <laughs> Really? I think that's close enough, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Eden, I'm going to give it to you. But <laughs> it is House of Sky and Breath. Damn it! See, I knew it was Breath, but then it felt like that was unreal. Good old Sarah well, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a point. Oh, yeah, I think that. you nailed that. That is a point. <laughs> hmm? Sky, air, it's the same thing. It's a one-syllable word. Yeah. It's all around yeah, Avatar. <laughs> and yes, totally interchangeable as a word. You nailed Thanks, that. guys. I really appreciate this. <laughs> all right, question seven. Jordan Baker is a side character in which famous American novel? Oh, a star, The Great Gatsby. Yes. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> well done. She's the golfer that um, Nick Carraway kind yeah, of kind has of a days. kind of a kind of not affair with. Yeah. But yeah. Well done, Lara. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are up to our final question. Uh, there's two points on offer. And it's going to be a guess the author, like a who am I, um, based on mysterious facts about the author's life. But three points are up for grabs. Like an extra point is up for grabs if you pick the author before I mention the name of the first book that they wrote. Mm -hmm. okay. Potential three points on offer. These ones are always right. really hard. You say that. And yes. All right. Let's find out how good you all are. Who am I? 
I was born on the 19th of July, 1963 in Sydney, but I was raised in Canberra. I attended Turner Primary School, Lynham High School and Dixon College. And while at Dixon College, I joined the Australian Army Reserve. After a period of working for the Australian government, I traveled around Europe before returning to Australia in 1983 and undertaking a BA in professional writing at Canberra University. I worked in a Canberra bookshop after graduating and I moved to Sydney in 1987, where I entered publishing. I was a sales rep and publicist before becoming a senior editor at HarperCollins. In uh, 1993. Yes, Sarah? It's somewhat of a guess, but mm -hmm. it's Garth Nix. You're correct. Oh, it is Garth Nix. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. I know, he's had such a cool life. Like, yeah. I want to just keep reading facts. <laughs> Once you said bookstore and then publishing, and I knew it was an author, it really narrowed it down to the people who had all three of those jobs. Oh, just assume they're always authors. <laughs> It's a book quiz, Sarah. I wouldn't give you some random. No, no, I know. I knew it was an author, but once he said book, they'd worked at a bookstore mm. and they'd worked at publishing, I had to mm. Like, immediately, there's very few people who've had all three of those jobs. This is very true. And also, this I just really loved gardening a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool like, guy. He was also a literary agent, like, with Curtis Brown. He's had all the jobs. All he the jobs you can have in the book industry. He, he traveled around Asia and he, like, started a marketing consultancy. Oh, can we hear yeah. the rest of his life? Keep, keep yes, going. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in 1993, <laughs> I traveled around Asia, the Middle East and Eastern Europe before becoming a marketing consultant and founding my own company. Um, he worked as a literary agent from 1999 to 2002 with Curtis Brown before becoming a full-time author. Um, his first fantasy novel was published in 1995 under the name Sabriel, the first in the Old Kingdom series. Um, he's also written a lot of scenarios and articles for role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and Traveller, which I had no idea about, but that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and he also, he's also written articles for like information technology. Um, he's written for like Computer World and PC World. He currently lives in Sydney with his wife and his sons. I think his wife's also in publishing. What a great human. Truly. So cool. Um, now I have to count how many points there <laughs> Please bear with me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine points to Sarah. I, One feel, point to I feel like an, uh, I'm a stranger to myself right now. I'm, I'm just proud to be on the board. You're <laughs> just happy to be here. <laughs> I feel <Yeah>. that No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I always feel like overconfident about my trivia questions and then I like see them land. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. You, Those were you great questions as far as I'm concerned. I got nine of them. I'm very pleased. <laughs> Love them. Excellent. I learned some things. It was great. Yeah, I learned <laughs> some really cool stuff. I never knew that about Jane Austen. And I have no yeah. short term memory, but what was the other thing? The Olympics thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cool. Um, but that is all we have time for this week. Thank you so much, Sarah, Eden, and Lara for joining me today. Um, it's always you. fun to have you ladies on. Not that I play favourites, but... Yeah, this is <laughs> a spectacular <laughs> group of people to podcast with. I was honoured to be included with you all. It's been Thank very you. fun. <laughs>
Um, thank you guys for joining me again. Um, but also thank you to our wonderful listeners who tune in week after week. Uh, we love you guys and we wouldn't do this without you. Um, also, thank you to Nick Wasiliev, who produces The Weekend Booktopian. And you can find more episodes of this show as well as other fun podcasts on our SoundCloud and Apple podcast channels. Try saying that really hard. Really. Try saying that really hard. <laughs> I, I feel can't like I should talk. give you a round of applause. Well yeah. <laughs> Try saying that five times really fast. There we go. Sorry, Nick. He was editing this and probably like shaking his fist. Leave it all in. He's actually doing it. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, I'll buy you a coffee when we're back in the office. Uh, you can also find, to get back to the actual podcast, you can also find more fun bookish content on our blog, The Booktopian, um, including reviews of new books by Stephen King, Elizabeth Lim, and Charlotte McConaughey, as well as an extract from the new Reese's Book Club pick, We Were Never Here by Andrea Bars. Thanks so much for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au